Hello and welcome into another episode of Two Cents Sports Talk. I'm your host, Adam Katulak, and I'm with my co-host, Brian Grum. How's it going, Adam? And it's our uh, first NBA podcast of the year, so we're looking forward, or of the uh, 2020 to 2021 new year, started on Tuesday, and we're looking forward to just talking about a little bit overall, um, you know, overall rankings for the teams, and then just top duos in the league, in our opinion. So um, with that, I'm going to pass it off to Brian, and we're just going to hope you enjoy the podcast. So me and Adam, we went through and we we kind of ranked out who we think our top NBA duos are. So we got, we did a top five. And at number one, we had the Lakers. Me and Adam had no problems there. We said, Braun and AD coming off of a title. These guys are at the top. I mean, AD's in his prime. Uh, and LeBron is a you know, once-in-a-generation talent athlete who is, you know, we're still seeing him in his twilight. So um, I think that it's easy to put them at number one. Number two, me and Adam also agreed on this. Got the Brooklyn Nets. They've got KD, who was an MVP and looking like he was honestly about to take over LeBron's spot as the best player in the NBA before he went down with the injury he did and took him a whole year off. We'll see how he comes back. That's the big question mark. Um, I know it's a big, an Achilles injury, and sometimes people are are pretty concerned about that, but I do know that there there are cases. I don't know the specific ones, Adam, but there are like some players that you can reference who, who've torn their Achilles and come back well, and those who have torn it and not come back well. But... Um, and then you've got Kyrie, who showed that he could be, he could be the Robin Hood to uh, to Batman with LeBron uh, whenever they won against the Warriors. So if if KD is at that level where he was just about LeBron, if not better than LeBron, um, if he could get back to that level, then Kyrie could probably be the the Robin Hood to him just like he was for LeBron in 2016. Um, Adam, you got any takes or any input on the first two at least? Yeah, yeah. I think the um, something else that we factored in for the overall grouping was chemistry. So that's why LeBron and AD were clearly atop of the list, just because their chemistry, they just came off a title. And it seems like I you could dispute this. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, Brian. But I feel like Anthony Davis and LeBron James are the best – for in terms of for LeBron, I feel like that's the best duo for him, just because it just seems like it fits. I know Dwayne Wade and him are really close off the court, but I feel like on the court, Anthony Davis complements LeBron's game really well, and he's also cool with he's also all right with taking the second you know Robin seat like you talked about earlier. He's cool with being the Robin to the Batman, and he's okay with it. And it they got him a ring, and it just works out really. It worked out really well last year, and I feel like they're just happy together. The chemistry's there, so I feel like almost that could be LeBron's best number two. And yeah. chemistry was a big well, factor that we also factored into this, these rankings. Um, but in I, I, to give my, my two cents on that, Adam, I would, uh, I would say that this is LeBron's actually, that's so hard. I always think about this and then I think I come to the conclusion mm. and I'm like, yeah, AD is definitely the best duo with LeBron. But then it's hard because you think back and it's like, well, 
LeBron won two titles with Dwayne Wade, and uh, they looked like just the most ferocious team in the NBA that I've ever seen. And, well, LeBron did beat the supposed, you know, uh, best team in NBA history in the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors. But uh, I just think that LeBron and AD are like, AD complements LeBron so well at this point in his career too. I think that it's also it's hard because it's it's different scenarios, you know. So uh, would AD be the perfect complement to LeBron, young LeBron? I don't know. Maybe like Kobe and Shaq, but um, I think that I think that AD is the best compliment. I, I think that he's the strong, he's the one who carries the most weight. That's how I'll put it. Because LeBron carried the most weight in the LeBron-Kyrie relationship. LeBron carried the most weight in the LeBron-D-Wade relationship. But in the AD-LeBron relationship, I think AD is actually carrying a little more weight than LeBron. But AD, LeBron is the reason he's the reason that he's enabling ad to carry more weight like because how good lebron is so that's my take on that what do you think yeah i'm I'm thinking that as well um i think anthony davis on the defensive end is also something to reckon with um yeah uh, an assistant uh a steal and a half a game and then 2.3 2.3 blocks per game last year. That's something LeBron doesn't really have. And he's a big man. He's a seven-footer who can shoot threes. So he really can stretch the four as well with that size. Guard big matchups because LeBron with the heat, when he's playing mainly power forward, he's a bigger kind of guy. Like yeah. when they went small ball lineup, you know, Chris Bosh would be the center. LeBron would be the power forward. He weighed a lot more oh my than so, No, um, you're right. When you have a big power forward slash center like that, you can shoot three, that saves the floor, LeBron the from so much uh, just like extra bruises, mm, that's, you know? That's, yeah. that's why he hated playing power forward for for the Heat so much because he was good at it, but he had a big picture mindset where he was thinking, I want to be durable and last in the league to, you know, play well when I'm 37 kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like it. So... You're right. To to be able to the flexibility to move LeBron to point guard like Magic Johnson, like that's that's his true position because he is he is a passer. And I think he always makes that point to to mention whenever he's compared to Jordan. He always says, you know, I'm an I'm an all around basketball player. I don't like to look at just one point in my game. I like to be a like it's not just scoring because Jordan. A lot of people can just look at Jordan for scoring, but in defense. But yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. But offensive statistics, at least. Mm-hmm. And LeBron thing. does have his defensive statistics, though. Yeah, you know, it's just been he later. comes up big, and when it's clutch time, mm-hmm. now he's not afraid to like, you know, play lazy in the regular season. That's that, but yeah, yeah. But and then but, you also have Anthony Davis shooting over fifty percent from the field. You know, I know he's a big man. He's shooting thirty three percent from three last year. But the, the field fifty three fifty percent shooting from the field, twenty six points per game, and he's only twenty seven years old. It's just something that's like okay. I mean, he's coming into his prime. Dwayne was a little bit closer to the end. He's won his rings earlier um, before LeBron came. Yeah. Kyrie was also in his prime though 
but there was always a little the chemistry issue like we talked about early on so well, that's Kyrie was uh he was I, I don't he think was, he was, he's in his prime Adam he was young he was young yeah but then he ended up getting hurt right which sort of well, that what, where was his prime then right you know like then he went to Boston and then he played a few years there so I feel like I mean well maybe when he prime, went to Boston like, that's when he was truly in his like he sh- what he should have been his athletic prime but but more so the the chemistry with Kyrie versus Aiden. yes There's not, and that's why clear and that's why and, why I'm and that leads, would be that's a perfect segment into uh why we chose the Nets at two mm-hmm. so so I kind of explained my thoughts on that Adam but you were talking how we also took chemistry into consideration so so why did we put them at two because well KD you know we talked about how he was MVP caliber if he comes back healthy and then Kyrie who we saw who can play that Batman role but also the fact that we've seen that Kyrie can go to can go to um, Boston and be in a bad uh, mental space maybe we'll say and uh, he'll struggle but we know that Kyrie and KD get each other mm-hmm. and KD he also is known for going to that that bad mental space where he starts, you know, worrying too much about what people say or are saying on Twitter, Twitter burner enough to, yep. to make a burner. Yeah. <laughs> but we think that these guys, you know, the way that the media at least is kind of playing this, this story is that they get each other emotionally and we'll see, we haven't gotten to see them play together, but I think that we'll get to see. Yeah. And then also, I mean, KD, he, he's, is a close number two to LeBron. I mean, he's a seven-footer who can shoot threes, stretch the floor, guard. I'd rather, you know, I think he's better than Anthony Davis, in my opinion. Uh, when healthy, we'll see how he yeah, recovers from the kids that you mentioned. That. But, I mean, it, he has an elite player that just, I feel like, separates from the field. And I feel like we se- felt like he separates from the field. So the chemistry may not be there as much as... Um, um, it's, the like it's the yeah, potential. They've got to be number he, two because of the potential. I mean, KD, you know, he, yeah, he has the ceilings... Uh, he he could, he's the best player in the NBA. His well, potential is the best player in the, in the NBA when he's on, when he's healthy. He can really just carry a team. So I really um, I, I think that we feel that he's uh, they're they're an elite duo. But and that and that also then kind of leads into our number three then because I think number two is where well number one is you know LeBron Anthony Davis they're established AD in his prime LeBron. You know, peaking, perfect duo, won a championship. Nets, Katie and Kyrie both have won a championship, but they have some question marks. But if they answer those question marks right, then if those are checks, then uh, they are, they could marry, maybe even be better than the Lakers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then we have the Clippers because the Clippers are kind of stable. They're number three, where it's like Kawhi's an MVP. He's kind of consistent. We know what we get out of him. He plays offense. He plays defense. And then we've got Paul George, who we've seen him play offense, and he does real well. But then um, we just he plays defense well, um, but he's just not consistent mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. So he might just have an off night overall. Um, but whenever he does have an on night, that's his question mark. For him and Ka- Kawhi working out. And so I, what do you... I want to come in and just say, you know, 
in terms for the audience, like the top three that we put out here, I feel like could all be one um, when they're all hot and when they're all at their best. I don't feel like I could say that about any other of the um, any of the other uh, duos we have on the list. But as of right now, I feel like those top three, they could all be one if they're all like if Paul George is balling out like he can. He, you know, I could see the Lakers or the Clippers being one, but with what they've shown in the playoffs and consistency in the track record, he, ha- I feel like Leonard and Paul George have to be three there. Um, they both play really well, really good defense, but it just seemed like they got burned out. And I, I'm, I'm sort of almost questioning leadership, not, 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 not fully, but like you know, when you're nitpicking between the top three duos in the NBA, I feel like leadership with the. Um, with Leonard and Paul George, it didn't seem like it was there last year. I feel like Kevin Durant can carry that pretty well. I'm not sure on Kyrie, and then LeBron obviously has done it historically. So, well, we'll see, Adam, because uh, the ownership uh, is the ex Microsoft CEO, uh, Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. He he's putting his chips in at being leadership and hoping that Doc Rivers was the reason. Not the players, but this year I guess we'll get to find out. Well, that's just that's the that's just the NBA. Like you know, it's usually the you know it's the player league. Um, the yeah, get what they it is. see what James Harden got away with or got or yeah got away with in Houston or what he had offered to him in Houston, where like the plane would wait on him, the practice would wait on him. Every you know it was revolved around the players. So that's just the NBA and as a whole. But yeah, I feel like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could be the one could be the best duo in the league. But as of right now. Um, the two duos ahead of them, I think it's. I think it makes a lot of sense to put them at three, just with um, the overall track record they have, and and we'll see this year. It could change, but I feel like a three. I feel comfortable having them at three, and the top three are relatively close, in my opinion. And and with that said, Adam, I think the the argument that uh, the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George should be number two, and the Nets should be number three, could definitely be made because I think we mentioned. There's a question mark around KD. There's a question mark around Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Probably a question mark around Paul George, if he can actually be that Robin Hood. And then I don't think there's a question mark around Kawhi Leonard. I think you know what you get. You know, he, he does have his off nights. He might not have had the greatest playoffs, but he he's always consistent. He has a he has a very low floor, I think. I get high, so, floor, high floor, high floor. Or he has high floor maybe a lower ceiling okay. but KD, a high yeah, floor I agree with that I agree with that than, than KD KD has a higher ceiling lower floor just because yeah. injury will be the lower floor part higher ceiling just because his height shooting ability um, playmaking ability bringing up he can bring the ball up the floor if he needs to he can really carry a team he's won it multiple times I guess Kawhi has done that as well but um, and Kawhi probably yeah, yeah, yeah. so Right, so I, I think that's why you can make that argument that the Clippers are two. And that's and that's also why, uh, well, part of the reason why uh, me and Adam would put, if this was the NBA overall team's ranking, we would have the Clippers at number two behind the Lakers. And then we have the Nets at number three. Mm-hmm. So that's considering that, you know, the Clippers have Lou Williams, uh, Patrick Beverly, Serge Ibaka, they picked up Luke Kennard in the offseason. Uh, they have Reggie Jackson. They have Zubac. Uh, Mark, Marcus Morris, senior. He's stayed. Mm-hmm. And they picked up Nicholas Batum. 
this offseason. So they have a very uh, deep bench. Yep. Um, so that compared to the Nets, where the Nets have, you know, they have Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, those are two solid guys off the bench. But then they have DeAndre Jordan. You know, he's getting older. Uh, they they have Landry Shamit though, who, you know, he used to put up some good numbers for the Clippers. Uh, Tyler Johnson from the Heat. Some people might think he's a little washed up, but he he was like worth the first overall pick. Um, so I don't know. I think that those are those are kind of you know a toss up two and three. Yep. So um, the uh, last two duos we ended up um, going with were Giannis and Chris Middleton and Luka Doncic and Kristaps uh, Porzingis, um, which are I think one and two for most valuable players, uh, Luca and uh, Giannis in that order for um, MVP this year. So I feel like that, that they're carrying more so of their their half than the other, Porzingis or Middleton. I feel like Porzingis at his best would be, you know, a 7-3 um, unicorn who can shoot threes and really play well. But I think he's coming off a surgery, an injury last year. So it's um, we'll have to wait and see there. And then Chris Middleton, he's a solid number two, but he I don't think he'd be a, a one on any team or not any team this year but any team you know be able to carry a team by himself but um let's hear your thoughts on uh four and five right yeah no i i think i think adam and i were trying to do a top 10 and then i think we realized that you know there's really five teams that we we see as uh, having you know like championship level duos so we kind of rounded out with the Bucks and the Mavs because those are those are the younger up and coming teams that it's uh, we know that they have the MVP caliber player for the Bucks being Giannis and then for the Mavs being Luca, but it's it's also I keep on saying it, uh, but it's it's trying to figure out if they have their Robin Hood. I mean, we're talking about NBA duos, so Batman and Robin is a pretty good duo. And for Giannis, we've got Middleton, who's like, you know, he's shown that he's a he's a consistent all-star level player, um, and he's got some good length to him, and he can knock down from three. And then Przingis, you know, he's shown the same thing, but he's been injured a little more. So that's why we would have him, Luka and Przingis, behind Giannis and Middleton. And Giannis and Middleton are kind of like, the same version of Luca and Przingis just switched, but a little bit older, a little more mature. So, so that's why that's. I think that kind of sums up why how we rounded those out. Adam, do you have any any input on those? No, on those two, I feel um like you summed that up pretty well. Uh, I'm excited to see how Luca turns out because it looks like the NBA. I think, in my opinion, is trying to uh, make him the next face of the NBA after LeBron. With scheduling them against the Lakers on Christmas Day, I feel like that's a big sign. That, okay. Nate, oh, you think you think they're trying to make Luca the face? I think they are. I think they no, are. No. Why would you? I put, think they're going Giannis. Then why would you put Giannis at um at I guess two thirty on Christmas and then play him during the day in the in the bubble? I feel like they're trying to. I think they're trying to make Luca this the um the next guy. You know what? You know what the NBA might be doing. Hmm. 
they might be trying to incentivize or or get like give Giannis a reason to go to a big market. I I think he's he's on the max deal recently. Giannis is Did he? Giannis is committed. Yeah. No way. Yeah. He signed the max deal. I yeah. thought I heard that, but. I heard that he was very likely to, but I didn't hear that he officially signed it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he's well. Maybe he's that's the NBA's way of spiting Giannis. Well, I mean, say. he signed it after they um they did the scheduling and everything else. But yeah, I mean, okay. he's, he's uh he signed um. Dude, I respect that. I like that about Giannis. Yeah, he's staying in Milwaukee. So, um, yeah, five year contract, two hundred and twenty eight million dollars, and a. Well, fifth year option, player option. Good for him, man. So it's a lot of money to pass up for. Yeah. For that. And they put it. They really try to put a team around him. So. Yeah, but um, I think it might be. I think they might be trying to push, Luca. That's just my opinion because you're putting him against the Lakers and they put Giannis during the, on during the day in the bubble. Maybe it's because of the one season magic, but I, I don't. I don't know. Well, they he did at the end of the season. If it wasn't cut short. He really was pushing uh, like MVP level numbers. Yeah. I think that voters just would have need to see a full season sample size of it to to feel confident in voting for him. But he was he was putting up like thirty ten and ten. He was almost putting up a triple double with thirty points. Yeah, and having a number one C team. He, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that I mean that that kind of rounds it out then, Adam. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to bring up. I know that um, we were talking about the the yes. Warriors kind of being an asterisk there. Uh, we would have had them up in our in our top five if uh, Thompson wasn't injured. We would probably have them. Oof, that's tough. I I feel but, fine at four, honestly. Um, what's that? I personally feel fine at four. Um, I would put them at four because I feel like the top three are pretty much set, and Curry and because they're Curry and they're consistent in that discussion. But with Thompson being out for an extended period of time, and us not seeing Curry carry a team by himself for the most part, other than the seventy three and nine Warriors, I guess. But like, we haven't seen would, him carry a team that's below that without another. I would put them at four, and with the asterisks, with another asterisk of whether or not things pan out with Katie and Kyrie and then also the same for Kawhi and Paul George because I think that that Curry and Thompson are just as consistent as LeBron and AD and just as good but uh, we would have to see how Katie and Kyrie and them pan out because I think their potential is higher than what Steph and Clay are because Clay's amazing but he's more of just a catch and shoot like uh, KD and Kyrie, you have to be worried about them catching and shooting and off the dribble, and kind of the same thing with with Kawhi and Paul George. So that's why I think their potential is higher. And the question mark with uh, Clay Thompson is Achilles injury, and then he can yeah. ACL. Oh, four, so two, it's two in a row and dude. ACL, so it's back to back. So there are question marks there. And then I would just say. Um, the most exciting duel I'm the duel I'm most excited for would be Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I'm a Russell Westbrook homer, but I I'm just really excited about um, Russ 
averaging a triple-double when it was his own team and bringing a team to his playoffs. And then Bradley Beal averaging over 30 points last year. Those two together, I feel like their playing style complement each other really well. But the only fact, the only um, issue I may have is Russ shooting too many threes. That's something. And then also the depth of the Washington Wizards is something else would be an um, issue for me. But I don't See, know. If- I'm not, I, I agree, Adam. Um, I, I've always been a big fan of Bradley Beal because – uh, when the Cavs had Kyrie, we got to draft him number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Bradley Beal came the next year when we had the fourth pick with Dion Waiters, mm-hmm. and he got drafted third to the Wizards. Yeah. And he was the guy that I wanted us to, to get. Mm-hmm. But they snagged him early, and he was a good pick. Yeah. Uh, but, and Russ, you know, showed at, a, at one point of his career he was an MVP um so but he just shoots too many threes for me that's that's a killer yeah what 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 would he doesn't shoot that many threes then it would be different if he was more of a truly a john wall i think he if he played john wall's position but just did it better then yeah yeah or ben simmons um but that's why we going through this i i would have our honorable mentions be the Nuggets with the Joker and Murray at six, the 76ers at seven with Embiid and Simmons, and then the Heat at eight with uh, Butler and Bam. So, and which, uh, which, which duo would you be most excited to watch this year? Um, most excited to watch? That, that's not in our top five. That's not in our top five? Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. You're saying that you're most excited to watch. Yeah, Beale I'm most excited to watch Beal and Russ because I feel like um, Jokic and uh, the Mur- um, Murray are, you know, I think they're a better duo. But I, I'm very excited to see Russ and Beal, especially in the East. What about so? I'm curious then. Why would you not be excited to watch Harden and Wall? Because I'm excited about that one. The question marks surrounding Harden would be, I guess, why I'm not as excited. And then John Wall hasn't played for a few years, so I don't know what I'm, what I'm getting out of him. I want to see his health. I want to see if he can keep it up for an entire year. And then Harden, yeah. in terms of Harden, I just he wants out, right? So he's already. Well, what fined. were you telling me about Harden? He, was, he just got fined or something. He got fined fifty thousand dollars for breaking COVID protocol. Um, they thought they saw him, I think, at a club uh, without a mask. He went to a party on Monday. The reason he got um, popped was he went to a, cl- a party on Monday without a mask that's more than, like, 15 or 20 people or whatever. And uh, he's already done that with, like, Little Baby and uh, a few other people. But he's just, like, he- he's going off the wall pretty much. He's clearly made it known that he doesn't want to be there. Then he also oh. looks a little out of shape. I could be wrong, uh, but there's a photo circulating. The first preseason game where he looked a little out of shape. So, if Harden was fully, you know, um, if Harden was fully in it, uh, in it, I, may, maybe. But then it's also like, how many Robins or how many number twos does Harden need? He had Dwight Howard when he, you know, when he was really balling. That didn't really do a whole lot. It, he got rid of Howard. Okay, Chris yeah. Paul came in. He got, you know, that worked for a few years. Whoa. They got close, but then he got rid of Chris Paul. Like he didn't want Chris Paul anymore. Then he yeah. had Russ, and then Russ was like, "I'm not handling, you know, I'm not dealing with this anymore." Then he left. 
So I'm just thinking, you know, okay, it's hard in the problem. What what's the well, what's the Adam? There? So I think we also talked about this. What if um, Harden had a duo like a Clay Thompson, another shooter, kind of like Steph has? That would that would extremely intrigue me. Two shooters like that would be like let's say let's say okay let's put it out th- this out there. Harden's been tied to the Nets and the 76ers. Let's say he goes to the Nets and he's with KD. Harden and KD. That would, by far and away, be the most intriguing duo in the NBA. For nothing else. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just those guys can shoot <laughs> with anyone. Um, well, at that point, it, it would be like answering the question of uh, what if. Like, what yeah. if, uh, well, what's his name? What's your favorite GM's name? I like Presti. Are you talking about Murray? Presti. Okay, Presti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Presti. What if Presti well, traded yeah. Russ or 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 kept Harden and didn't keep Russ somehow? So for like, those for those in the audience who don't know, I am a Thunder fan. I've been a Thunder fan in um since I guess high school or so. But the large part very because, random because I don't of know. Um, because of Russell Westbrook's play style, and then um, Stephen Adams was originally from Pitt, and they were also a nice young up and coming team. And they had Harden, Kevin Durant. We think and Adams James a front runner. Well, okay, yeah, I'm still a Thunder <laughs> fan through and through here, so I'm hoping we get uh, the one pick. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, stuck with them. I'll give them that. I'm sticking with them, but um, but it's easy to when Sam Presti's a good GM. Yeah, and that's nice. That's that's nice. I like confident organizations. Let's put it that way. But um, yeah, I I uh, I uh, think that Harden and Durant would be a nice duo, and. If they would have stuck with the Thunder, I believe they would have won it by now if they would have replaced Russ with um, keeping Harden. But at the time, yeah. it was torn, and they chose Ibaka over um, Harden, and we got Adams out of it, which isn't terrible, but it's it's not. Did they really choose Ibaka over Harden? It was kind of like so. that. I think they chose the size because um, we could have kept all four, but financially it would have been tight, and the owners weren't okay with it. And then they were okay with it when Paul George came so we signed him big, and then we signed Russ, and then we ended up trading him for multiple picks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's the life of a Thunder fan. At least you make trades, though, so it keeps life interesting even when you're not relevant. So Yeah, no, that's fair. Yep, so, all right. So those are our, um, our top duos in the NBA, so transitioning a little bit. I'm going to let Brian touch on the uh, overall teams and where we think the top five teams are, and then... Any of the uh, fringe teams that are right outside that? that yeah. Area. Well, I think, uh, you know, I don't think we have much more to talk about. Adam. I don't want to to bore our <laughs> our audience at this point. But our, our NBA overall pans out where it's uh, no different than the duo's top five other than the Clippers and being at two and the Nets being at three. Um, so we kind of talked about those differences there, um, just due to the depth, uh, that they have, but, um, the other one that we have is the Nuggets though, at five, we have, we have Lakers one, Clippers two, Nets three, Bucks four, and then we have the Nuggets at five. And that's different from our NBA duos where we have Lakers one, Nets two, Clippers three, Bucks four, and then we have the Mavs at five. But we had the Nuggets with the Joker and Murray as our uh, 
like our honorable mention for just outside the top five for NBA duos. Mm-hmm. And then they also have uh, Porter Jr., who showed a lot of potential and showed up a pretty big in the bubble. And then um, they have Paul Millsap, who was just a steady veteran, steady hand at veteran play. Gary Harris, he was a top pick. Uh, he was a lottery pick and out of Michigan State. And he's he's shown that he can shoot it from three, but he was a little shaky in the bubble. And then you've got Bull Bull, who's just fun to to see if he can actually pan out because he'd be scary if he if he stays healthy at seven one and able to handle the ball and shoot threes. I think they played him at point guard in the in the bubble whenever they had a lot of people out with COVID. So definitely interesting there. Um, and then we had the Celtics as our honorable mention at six. And we had them at six because, I mean, we, when you think of the Celtics, they have uh, the young trio of Jason Tatum, uh, Brown, and Smart. And those guys are all gritty and just, you know, they can play good defense. They're long. And they can shoot threes, the but veteran. then they. Go ahead. What's that? I was gonna say. Then you have the veteran presence of uh, Kemba Walker, yeah. uh, Tristan Thompson. Yeah, yeah. They added Tristan guys. Thompson this year. He finally rounds out center for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they had uh, no... uh, Daniel Thice. He was pretty good at th- at center for them. He was like a kind of like a gem. He was young and panned out earlier than they thought, and can knock down threes but they they added Tristan Thompson who's he's a playoff center you know he's the playoff center who will he doesn't need to get points he'll just get you the the offensive boards to give you those second chance point second chance points that you need in the playoffs so he makes them pretty steady and then like you said they have Kemba Walker who is you know he's an all-star at point guard so that that's a solid starting five, and then they have they have Thice as a backup. Um, Taco Falls, he's he's kind of like their version of Bull Bull, where it's just this tall center um, who who was decent in college, and we'll see if he pans out if he stays healthy. We know with those with the tall guys, we're worried about their knees, um, but then. They've got a bunch of young guys, too, just in, like, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, just a bunch of young first-round picks that that they had whenever they, they piled up draft picks. Um, they, they had some of those first-round picks. So we'll see if some of those guys pan out. Those guys are looking a little uh, iffy, I think, but we'll see. They might have a star come out. It's their odds are good because they have at least three young guys like that, and they only have two guys over thirty or older on their roster. So overall, yeah, they're they young. a nice young team, and they're competitive. So they're going to get a lot of them experience well, there. And that's the thing, Adam. Me and you, like, we kind of nerd out, and we like GMs. So we we have Sam Presti up there at like. Number one and Danny Danny Ainge right for the Celtics, he's he's interchangeable. So yeah, I mean, yeah. In my opinion, it's um, it's in any order you want: Sam Presti, Danny Ainge, uh, Pat Riley, 
and uh, yeah. Daryl Morey. I like all I like all four. Um, yeah, they're they can really build a team. So, but well, yep. I think that rounds it out pretty good. I think it does as well. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch the Celtics. Um, yeah, and I think the Heat would be the only other team that you know maybe we talk about a little bit. But that that's um, yeah, they were in the finals last year. They have a nice young team. They have Bam Adebayo. Um, uh, the Heat, the Heat are fun because they they just they have don't. like the Pat Riley has seriously built again going with the GMs. It's just like Pat Riley built the most consistent like above average team across the board. They have ten players who are all like above average to above average. So and then Jimmy Butler is like the ultimate like average superstar. Like he's a superstar, but he's still like an average superstar, kind yeah. of in my eyes. Who can who can be a superstar at, at times? He's a he's a dog in my opinion. He, he's oh, like a, I he's, love he's, it. He's a yeah. dog. He's a grinder. He's their, uh, their whole team just has gets, that yeah. gritty, yeah, like in it. And I feel like it all starts at the top with Pat Riley, which is oh, cool. I agree because so. he can he, he's built in multiple ways, which is very impressive. And that's something I, that you can't take for granted. Last thing I'll say is I, I listened to the the Hoop Collective with. Uh, Brian Winters tonight. I think he had a story where the way that Pat Riley got uh, Chris Bosh to go to to the Heat was that he just took off his his NBA rings and put them on the table, and he said these these could be yours, mm-hmm. or like try them on, try them on, like yeah, just see what it feels like, and yeah. and that's how he got Chris Bosh to go. Yeah. So it's just like he's he seems like a baller. Yep. Yeah. Looking forward to them, but that rounds out our um our NBA preview. We're looking forward to the season um that started yesterday, but we're looking forward to the uh, Christmas Day. That's in my mind. That's when the NBA season really starts and really you know gets talked about a lot. And you get the entire NBA um on 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 display for Christmas Day. So we're looking forward to that Friday and. Uh, yeah, but it's good. hopefully it's gonna be a good year. Hopefully we get some fans in the uh, stadiums by the end of the year too. That'll be that'll be nice. Yeah, at least in the playoffs. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, well, Merry Christmas, Adam. Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to our audience. We appreciate you guys listening and uh, thank you, thank you for tuning in. All right, see you, man.